Hulk phase is kicking hey, in. Hey, dude, come on, man. 2.30, Lolo. You don't even... I'm already recording. Oh, my God. I was having lunch with the amazing and lovely Alexi Petrullius, and it ran a little bit over time. I had to have my Turkish coffee post-Turkish at Mamaris 2, located on Hawthorne Road, Caulfield South. Oh, I just had Greek at Zeus, located on Victoria Road, Gladesville. It's not the same. Um, I Turkish yesterday. Sprite Zero, 7-Eleven, Fish Rig. How good is it? Mm, it's pretty good. Sprite Zero and vodka is like every alcoholic who pretends to look after his weight's dream. Yeah. you got to go the sugar-free soft drinks when you're drinking, man. I see that photo I put up on Instagram. Did you see that photo I put up today on Facebook and Instagram of me and Lamdamun? Yeah. We've been working. Oh, three been working years ago. I reckon I must have put on 30 kilos since then. Easy. <laughs> Jesus. I oh, just noticed. <laughs> Fucking Christ. No, After all no, the no. banter, you, you still... No, 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 no. I knew I was big, but I didn't realise how much smaller I was back then. Oh. Maybe you should take up smoking. I reckon that's a good idea. Uh, mm. Maybe just get a vape, man, and then no one will know. I um, We started to use the fight dietitian to get one of our uh, problem fighters for rebellion on weight. I might uh, I might uh, take up their services as well. <laughs> did he take you on or did he push you to someone else? The combat dietitian. We're combat dietitian. We're recording, by the way. Sweet. Yeah, we use... Oh, that's okay. But um, cause, Yeah, because Reese used combat dietitian referred to by him. And, yeah. man, the last fight... Prep loved it. Like, yeah, they're really good, hey. Yeah, he felt he felt a million bucks, and he said working with him was really uh, easy. And Reese has not struggled with weight before because he always made the weight, but the way he made the weight this time was much better. So, shout out to the combat dietitian and Geordie for referring us over. And shout out to um Fit and Healthy Chef. They partner with them, and you can get custom made meals. Use code. What it, what's our code again? Rebellion. Rebellion. Use code Rebellion for 10% off at Fit and Healthy Chef. F-H-C. We still got Manscaped coming on board, side. I haven't replied to the email. <laughs> Thank you. I could do it. It's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. Uh, put a proposal out there when my co-hosts keep disappearing. Yeah, that would be you two numb nuts. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Wow, someone's earning too much money with an expensive trucker cap. <laughs> my my $50 off-brand. <laughs> one, one of my friends goes, what the fuck are you wearing? I'm like, oh, we were outside. My head was burning. There was a shop is what we wore. And when I, uh, when I haven't been out to my barber to get shaved. Where's Ann? You got your customer. Oh, no, you just got your night. On yeah. Oh, sorry, keep going. Um, what you about your custom? Those, um, Kieran, you should wear one of those hats that we had in school with the back flap thing. But mm. wear it They're in again. Wear it in front, yeah. Um, I can't wear most hats because of the size of my head. So, say like Andy's hat, for example, I would look probably Jewish if I wore that. Um, like I'd be wearing a yarmulke. So. 
I have to get hats with quite high crowns is usually my thing because of because of all this going on. You gotta get a hat like the one uh, Homer Simpson wears into Quickie Mart when he's got a camera embedded in it, just an oversized <laughs> hat that would fit on your head. I might just take up my uh, actually my uh, my dad wears an Akubra. I might just I might just start rocking a full Akubra. Hey, I probably have a lot more. That. Time to spend this afternoon explaining to people that you're not as big a cunt as a lot of people seem to think you are, Kieran. So can we move on with the topic? Okay. It's like a daily thing. Man, people love to, uh, whatever. Yeah. I just explained to them that you're in your adolescent stage of life and that they just, just let, let you write and develop yourself. Mate, I'm, I'm 32. Like, you know, I'm talking about socializing in a community like where you, you have a voice. No, I've always been like this. What are you talking anyway, about? was there any shows last weekend? Uh, let's talk about domination real quick before we move on to other stuff. Yes. JBV George. Yeah. Great fight. Um, so the um Bundy and Roy's uh, podcast, they kind of talked about all the fights and the decisions and stuff. Um, really interesting to hear that, you know, there was obviously a couple of fights that Roy thought that they'd won, but also a fight that, that they thought they had lost. So that was interesting. But all in all, um, really good card of fights. Obviously, the Nathan Edgelton, whatever his name is, fight, the dreaded one, everyone's talked about it and commented on it. Um, like... Just absolute world whirlpool, literally running across the ring at Kian and then ended up knocking him out with a spinning back fist. WBC Australian champion now, so I don't know who's going to step up and uh, stand up for the beautiful art of Muay Thai against him. But um, I mean, at, at the end of the day, he might not have, like he doesn't have. You know, we might not say he's got a nice Muay Thai style, but he won and he's the winner, and he holds it right. So it is what it is. That's like. If someone else, you know, someone can come and fight him and beat him now. But at the end of the day, the result is the result, regardless of how it looked or what happened. Um, yeah. Also on the card, there was um, one of Riddler's boys that fought Stefan Lottering um, at 76 or 78 kilos. Man, the guy is 7 and 0, and I think he just had his loss, which... Roy actually thought that the, he actually should have won. Mm. That really promising guy, I forgot his name, but unfortunately... Is it Mika, Mika or something? Is it Mika or Mika? Or... Yeah, which yeah. is a bit... He's good. Unfortunately, it's one of those weights that's going to be a bit... Uh, Mika, yeah. Um, which hopefully, God, if we can get some guys his way, he was really beautiful to watch, really nice style, really smart guy. Um, Jordan Godfredson and Ben Kant ended up being one of the best fights on the night. I know Jordan just sort of let me know a couple of days before the fight that he was actually coming off a really bad injury and then trained for a couple of weeks. So um, Jordan toughed it out and just uh, won the fight. Ben had him in trouble for a little bit there. Um, I haven't seen that one yet. I'll have to run that one back. Yeah, really good. Um, George and Toby, I think... The decision was correct. And, you know, I spoke to Blair and Roy. They, they thought it was correct too. Um, Toby basically did 
what he had to do for two first two rounds and kind of didn't he knew he needed the last three rounds that's that's the reserves of energy he had so he kind of saved himself and then round three was like psycho toby um came back but um i think george ended up getting round one two and five and round four i think was the one that was either toby or a draw so two out of three judges got it right oh was it split yeah oh yeah, that was a bit funny, wasn't it? They had a, they had a few split decisions, but the, the, the judging's been beaten to death, I think. And yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to be no, no, we're trying to be less cynical, so uh, cool. we're not going to come. That big show. How was the crowd? Again, I, I probably had a few beers by that stage. It was getting on a bit. Um, big crowds, yeah. all tables. Yeah, I think they ended up having some other seats as well because. Um, the restrictions got lifted and they changed venues. See. They ended up with something like 90 tables or something plus four or 500 others. So, uh, worthy, worthy show for a worthy crowd, worthy crowd for a worthy show. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know if you guys have been in Perth at a domination for when Toby fights, but they, man, people love him out there. Like, yeah. The crowd really come to watch him fight. It's kind of hard too, right? Like, I uh, Toby has big breaks, but usually comes back. And I just, I would have still liked a, a fight before this, but who's going to jump in and fight Toby for a warm up fight? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you can't really. I mean, the other thing is, who would he fight? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't just give him, yeah. And, you know, I, it's just, I don't know the warm-up fight is even in the vocabulary of, like, Blair and Toby and stuff, but, you know, he comes back okay from long breaks, but I think he's getting to that age where long breaks are just significantly more impactful than when you're younger. Yeah, and um, I get, just on a side note, you just reminded me, I actually took a screenshot of it when I was watching it. It was really, um, I love seeing the corner and I just thought it was so cool to see the second generation guys come through. And as a gym owner, that's something that's life's Muay Thai that you hope that one day that will happen instead of your gym. Well, if you sell it, then good on you. It's a financial move, but it was, I thought it was so cool to see those boys in the corner, Roy and Sam and Clint in there for Toby together after going through years and years and, while knowing at the same time that um, Blair's over um, living his best life in retirement over there at the same time. I just, for me, that that really, like, that was so cool. I, I took a screenshot and might post it up later on. But, um, yeah, it was good to see. I think the Roy Wills thing, and I've said it before, I think as far as Australian Muay Thai goes, for me, Roy's career is, like, perfect. He fought everyone. They, they put in front of him. He had some big wins. He lost some fights. He pulled the pin when he was right. He stayed with the same trainer the whole time, and now he's taken over the gym. It's like that whole thing is like what no fallouts with his trainer. And like you just look at it and go, and he's healthy. He's now married. He's expecting a kid. Ran the gym really well. Everyone at the gym loves training with him. And, man, like Clint is – by far one of my favorite people in Muay Thai, one of the guys that I always have a little chat back and forth about fights with. And he's like, 
um, you know, like in Goodfellas, the family lawyer, he's kind of like that guy. He's been there, he's there with Blair and now he's there with Roy. And it's like Roy's ready to like take the helm, but there's always Clint there. And it's just like, man, I, I, like you said, watching those guys in the corner was fucking amazing. Mm. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about today, boys? Chicks. Ladies. Women. Broads. Dames. Females. These are all words that we shouldn't be using. Ladies. Female? What? Can't use female. Calm down. Calm down. So I'm going to put a pretext into this conversation before we move on is that this is the views of three men in a lot of respects, but I was, I'm pretty stoked. We've made an imaginal, to be fair. Um, uh, it would be nice to have a female perspective on here with us while we're talking about it. We don't have a massive amount of time, but I was also stoked to see it. And it was mentioned in the gym as well at our gym anyway, that I put the post out looking for comments from women about a, a, what I would consider to be a, a issue regarding women in our sport and the comments and the commentary on there was, it was awesome. Like it wasn't what I expected. Like I expected a whole uh, half to be good, half to be a bunch of retards going, oh, chicks to be in the kitchen again and stuff like that. But man, there's a lot of really good conversation in there. So if anyone, oh, oh, to the thousands of people who listen to our podcast every week, and the um, millions live. <laughs> jump in, have a read. And mm. I also encourage gym owners to jump in and have a read because there's some real big take-homes in that takeaways for that for me too. And I'm going to be readjusting some of the stuff that we do. Um, I The important thing for me was I feel like there's still very... So this all started from me personally because being a gym owner and promoter that I do get quite a lot of comments about people saying, I wish there were more fights. At the same time, Sai is about putting on a show and he's going through some big issues around trying to find fights for women as well because we all want to promote women's Muay Thai. And I don't think there's any ifs, buts or maybes about that. We all want women's Muay Thai to succeed. But it's frustrating when you're trying to do that and there's not a whole lot going on. So the comments that were in there and the, the sorry, the, the two points are, number one, getting women in the gym. And I think women in the gym is getting much better. And I think that's something that gyms are doing much better. The second part is actually getting them to jump in the ring. And I don't want to go into the stuff that goes on inside the ring. It's more about getting them to take that first step because that's where we're having the issues. And I also feel like after the pandemic, the talent pool has dropped significantly as well. Like I, I didn't have these problems before COVID we started to see a whole lot of a whole lot more women being available to fight. And I, I'm just not seeing that now, even though the demand to see women's fights is there. We just don't have it. Mm. Comments before I read some of the comments. I'm, uh, I've got Roots and Rebellion, obviously, May 28. I've got, uh, with the Super 8, 15 fights on Roots at the moment and seven fights on Rebellion. And I don't have a single girl's uh, women's fight on it. I'm having a lot of hassles trying to match Spring and Joanne, who um, Spring, Joanne and Song are a big part of the Muay Thai sort of build up for Rebellion and Roots. And, you know, Joanne was the main event with Rena 
on the 10th anniversary show. I'm trying to bring people from Europe, Thailand, anything, and I'm having a major struggle with it. Um, I could probably match another 20 men's fights coming up easily. Mm. Um, on the roots card, I've got four or five females who've been nominated who either because they're training partners or their experience gap is too far apart, nowhere near getting them matched. Um, on the upcoming Muay Thai Victoria card, I think we've got four times as many boys matched as girls. And I don't um, I don't necessarily think all sports are going to be equally popular amongst the genders. Some sports are always going to appeal to people more. There's been a lot more opportunities previously, but I felt like we're getting an upward trajectory of women's participation. And now it feels like... Um, even though there was a girl show recently, and I think that did quite well. I think I look at the scene in Victoria, Som's just retired. <clears throat> Joanne, I'm struggling to match. Springs, sort of hard to match. And then there's a big gap, and there's a few girls with one or two fights. And that's about it. Same, man. Exactly. Like, last show, we tried our best. We had a few on. COVID hit some problems as well. But in the end, we just ended up with, you know, Katie and Annie. And again, I had some comments about that. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? I, I'm getting a card. Like we've got the, um, you know, the roster on who we're trying to match. And you might have five girls on there, each at a different weight, each at a different experience level. But I guess <clears throat> something that did uh, make me wake up a little bit was around some of the comments around women role models and so there's there's a couple of things like you can if someone else said the same post more about women that's just like chucking money at a fucking you could that's a good thing like it gives something for women to look at and and all the nice stuff but i feel like the having that role model in the gym who a lot of them are now potentially not in the gym anymore gyms to give them that little nudge to say, I'm a woman too, and you're good enough to jump in the ring rather than me as a male and my other male fighters saying, yeah, you can do that. That's such a big difference. Uh, if you've got another woman there who's been through that and they can talk about some of the issues around being a female fighter and, and actually jumping into the ring and getting hurt and potentially hurt, like, going to work with a busted up face maybe or, or just some of the other stuff that goes on that as a male I wouldn't be able to empathize 100% with is is a problem and I think that's one of the key problems getting that first step over for me that's what I'm looking at at the moment Look, I, I, I think until recently um, what we would as a male I'm assuming fighting up Fighting at Lumpini or Raja would be a massive deal. But as a woman, you know that you'll never get to do that. I think you have something like that. Like, you, like you gotta, uh, like we got now, then we got one and stuff. And it's, it's happening now, but even <clears throat> one, but I'm saying, like, one's been around, the Muay Thai's been around for what, three or four years? Let's think about and the history of the sport. You have a sport that is, so it's been traditionally so uh, biased towards men. So, like, I'm going to bring up shit that I always bring up. But if you have a sport where the two major stadiums, 
you, you can't ever fight, you can't fight in until recently with Lumpini. So the pinnacle of the sport, then you have like no other sport really has this stuff. Like imagine like if you had the Grand Slams, but then you didn't have the Grand Slams for the women. They fight there in three sets still. Three, three. Stand. No, no, but you can still do it. But they're still, they're still trying to change it. But then tennis is a really, really conservative old sport too that's run by men and it's like white. You got to wear perfect white outfits at Wimbledon and stuff. You've got that and now Lumpini started to do women's fights. You've got one of the major sanctioning bodies still saying like no other sport. Like I think about it now, I've got a daughter and your, your, your background and your family structure is different to mine. But if I took my daughter to a sport and they said, okay, your son plays for five minutes, but your daughter plays for four minutes, I'd be like, do I want my daughter here? If I took my daughter to judo and they said, your son gets to, everybody gets to go on this side of the mat, but your daughter has to go through the back door. I, me personally, I wouldn't want my daughter involved because I'd be like, why? Like and I come from a tennis tennis family, and to be yeah. quite honest, it's never bothered me. Golf is another side of like my dad's side, heavily into golf. They got Women's Day, men's clubs, uh, and and that has never like uh, like uh, being a man again. It's easy for me to say it's, it's easy never bothered me. I've always wanted my daughter to play any of those sports, and and uh, from what you're saying, you're letting barriers to entry influence your decision to let your daughter play a sport? No, 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 no. I'm saying I see it that way, but I also wouldn't be surprised if some girls, like it's not a, as a sport, it's not been a very, like this is an equal sport for everyone. Like we're saying- know, as, like my, my, my whole point about the whole topic, personally, like so we might be on a different wavelength, but mine is what happened pre-COVID, didn't have a problem. Now we've got fucking problems, but we've got these changes happening, which a lot of them are out of desperation because of what's going on around the world. But where do we go from now, man? Like, I, I don't know, Kieran? Dwindling numbers aren't exclusive to just one gender. So when we look at the, it, like if we look at it and we have male participation of 100 drops by 20, there's still 80. Female yeah. participation of 20 drops by 10, there's only 10. Yeah. So we don't notice there is absolutely a drop in male participation as well. The fact of the matter is that the, that the pool even pre-COVID for women of like available women to compete and fight was already small. Mm. Both have dropped off but we notice it more because there's more availability in the male section. I don't I, like. And, and all the suggestions everyone's made on Andy's post, these existed before COVID as well. The whole thing about role models, all that stuff existed. But I think as a, as far as sports go, like boxing only started letting women compete in the Olympics and actually pro boxing, not, not that many years ago. So our sports that we're in that are run, by male promoters with male officials and male trainers, we're not like a happy-go-lucky, super welcoming to women as much as we think we are. Yeah, I think it's yeah. been highlighted now, but I think we're in very, like, 
you know, watching Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano fight boxing over 10 two-minute rounds for a world title when the boys fight before it was 12 three-minute rounds, I'm like, I get it, but you still kind of going, oh, this is cute. You guys get to do this, but not really. So don't expect it. I don't, I don't expect to become this major women's thing, but at the moment it's like, fuck. Like, like you said, it's so noticeable that the women's scenes died out. Mm. So with so golf, golf they tee off at different tees. Tennis, they play three sets versus five. Is um, spectators are like elephant in the room when you talk a lot about a lot of this stuff. Is like with AFL and rugby league is viewers who's wanting to watch that for that amount of time. Just playing devil's advocate as well. Like um, I think there's a level of athleticism for female fight sports these days and it got proven on that boxing show recently when the two girls fought and they stole the show it was like an nrl event shows that doors are opening up but again man that's a woman a strong woman who's a new mum with a husband who's an nrl player um who's got a really strong support network around her helping her get through that whereas COVID comes, maybe the women who may have dropped off during that time, some came back, some didn't, some found life, some didn't. Men did the same. I think, Kieran, you got like a really good point, like percentage-wise. Is the percentage correct or is it different? Like I'd have to go through the fighter nominations from pre-COVID um, to see like, okay, we might have got 80 nominations, 60 men, 20 women. Whereas now you'd get maybe six, you know, just throwing numbers around 60 nominations, 40 men. Would you get the the same amount of percentage? I'm not real good with maths, but. Yeah, yeah no, I understand. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. what Yeah. But there's a, um, there is a clear, like, a, there is the root cause of the issue is participation at what we would call a grassroots level, which for us is like training in gyms. So the root cause of the problem is, is that you don't, and I mean, this can just be applied to Muay Thai regardless of gender, how we are seeing even in the male rankings, we're seeing a huge gap between guys of one to four fights and then the guys who are 15 plus because we see so many drop off after those first few years of fighting. Like for me, we have a participation issue and a longevity and issue regardless of, in Muay Thai regardless of gender. But then when we look at, but then also I think what's worth highlighting is like the lack of participation at, yeah, grassroots level, which for us is just training in the gym. But or, I think you want, or, you, want, you want to, like, I think as a professional contact sport, you kind of should want a bit of a drop off after four or five fights because you don't want people like, it's not for everyone to have a long-term career in fight sports. And I wish boxing had a little bit more of that where it's like, they should people can do it and have four or five and and see where it is but there's guys who like it's just if that's not the sport for them like you can play footy against another guy at a footy level at a different level it's very hard to be a a very mediocre fighter and have a long-term career unless you're fighting a bunch of other mediocre fighters and then who's who wants to watch it so I, some I people like take to, to take a while to to, to get past that level though man like that's why i'm hesitant to call a fighter 
uh, early on in their career because I, I feel like a lot of them get given the opportunity to continue to better themselves and potentially find that thing within them. Obviously, some people know that themselves after a But some of people just go, this isn't the thing, and some people want to do it. But, like, I just think you can keep playing tennis and enjoy it as a sport, whereas I don't know if something that's combat, full contact combat sports is something that you can just play it because you enjoy it when you're not really yeah. good at it or you don't have the potential for it. Because we don't have the participation numbers to be able to have that. What's to say? Yeah, we're talking about professional, Kieran. Like, at what level do you keep matching people who aren't very good at something? Like, some people just aren't good at some stuff. What I'm saying is if 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 the same percentage of the population did Muay Thai that did tennis and golf, what's to say that you couldn't have a fucking like development day league where dudes fight 10 development days a year and they're always just fighting at that average below. What's to say that couldn't be a thing? Yeah, we we ourselves three weeks ago talking about amateurs said people should just get a couple of fights out. Like you got to think about the message that we ourselves put out is like, have a couple of amateurs and turn pro. Absolutely, because we don't have the participation numbers to do it, 100%. We don't have the population. That's not what we say, though. That's not what we ourselves have said. We no, don't- but I would still provide the opportunity for people who just want to have a bash. And I got an email from a, a trainer recently to say that they just dislike what we do with the Development Day series. And, and for me personally, I don't think that's fair either because we've still got the avenue to do the other way we still got the avenue for these guys. And if the guys want to do what you're saying and, and what we were all saying together to go push on, sick. But besides that, like talking about the, the women again, like we've got a good take-up of women in our gym uh, for, for me personally, and I'm proud of that, and I think it's awesome. One of the big messages for me out of those um, comments was, uh, look, I'll take it back. When we first started the gym, or 90% men. We had Steph and then a couple of others who were awesome and they pushed through the boundaries because they've got, they just, it doesn't concern them as much. We opened up a women's program. It brought a whole lot of women in and it was great. And it got to the point where I thought, see, we've got full, in, it's, what's the word? Inclusivity. Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't feel like we need to have a women's class anymore because we've got the numbers now where we don't need to, what it would uh discriminate between men and women mate basically and we have us all training together i thought that was sick but that's from a male perspective and i because i obviously want to sort of be one team one dream but looking at the comments now it's like well actually that's a very male way to look at something because the female population potentially aren't feel you know, feel better about having that up other avenue and i'm going to change that from for my gym personally but trying to get them to actually take the first step is the big fucking problem it's a big problem i feel and it's not going to get any better unless they've got women role model to hold their hand and encourage them to say look you're going to be okay yeah and i think like you know what you said about we and we do it i kind of go i've never had a women's only class at the gym because i'm like a gym's not that level of intimidating or anything yeah. like that. We're just like like a hobby gym for most people. But then I remember talking to a girl I knew who was a really keen competitor and she went and trained at a girls only club. And she goes, it's very different because you actually 
you're not just being defensive all the time in your sparring and your stuff where you're just trying to always protect yourself not to get hurt because you're with these partnered up with these people who are so much bigger and can generate so much more power and they just tend to be more aggressive. So as a female, when you're in a mixed class, you're not actually getting to ever like really express your full potential like uh, offensively because you're always worried about how much you're going to cop back from the guys. Whereas when they're with girls, they're like with other girls, they're like, well, I can just do everything and I'm, I don't have to be worried too much that a dude 20 kilos heavier than me is going to hurt me. How many unsuccessful women's programs have you seen, though? That's my other thing. Is it? Kieran's dating life. <laughs> that, was, that one was pretty. That was pretty good. good. That was actually that was pretty good. That was. That was all right, and that was like that wasn't that wasn't Sai like too far. That was pretty good. Um, that was um, that was very, that was very good. Can I just like speaking from our we run a ladies only yeah. um, class, and we have three classes a week a Tuesday, a Thursday, and a Saturday. And I was very similar kind of to you, Andy, of the case of like, we're actually like incredibly inviting gym. So I was like, I, my original hope was that everyone could train together regardless of like um, gender or age, or, you know, if someone feels like, oh, I'm 50 and I'm slowing down or I'm a, I'm a woman or I'm a, you know, whatever it might be. And then I thought, no, I'll put on a ladies only program and it went really well, but I made a point and Gabrielle teaches our ladies only program. And I made a point to say to that, like to say to her and she continues to encourage them like, Hey, you should do other classes as well. Not just this. And so for me, probably about half of the class does all of them mixed classes and the ladies only the other half just do the ladies only. For me, if the ladies only is a great way to get them to enter the gym, knowing that they can do a ladies only class and then see a general mixed class going on and then be comfortable enough to move to that, well, then I'm happy. Like it's a, it's another way to enter. But if someone wants to just remain in the ladies class, well, then fine. Like that's that's completely okay as well. You feel like I'm doing that. Sorry, go. You're right. It's funny though. What other sport, especially like almost any sport, but what other sport is the training mix? Like if you go play tennis, tennis or soccer, or, 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 contact, which is contact sports, probably have the three. Rated sport. have even three. tennis, even yeah. like I have three mixed. So men, women, mixed. But but the like for a competitive training to be a competitor. Oh. Most sports would just have single gender, eh? Where, where then, would we get that way? But then you, they're competing in a completely different, like week by week, like the men's, let's call them the Tigers, and the women's Tigers, even though they've got the one sticker, they're completely separate clubs. And this is again what I was going to say before, is that my hesitation in sometimes in introducing these programs for an extended period of time is that you're ending up with like maybe it's our fault we got to make sure that they mix as a club and a culture but the hard part is then is like you're just going to end up with two separate gyms under the one roof and you're like all right well i don't know that that, that's a fear of mine you can have two different. You mean you can have a men and women's team under the same club in another sport? 
Yeah, that's true too. So I think because, I mean, when it comes to the competitive side, like if someone came to me and was like, I want to be a fighter, I want to train to be a fighter, it would be like, well, you, you're not going to do that in just the ladies only class. Like that's a reality there. But yeah. if at the end of the day, we have a huge, the majority of the population of our gyms do it, that's exercise, self-defense, a new hobby, all this, right? We have that 10%, which then choose to fight, which is like almost a completely different conversation, I think. So, but then do you get like, I'm just like throwing things around as well because I'm going to change. Like, I, you know, I'm looking at doing a couple of bit different things. Stop it. Um do you then, does then your male program become more macho because the, uh, some of the women are just going to continue in there and then... What do you mean male program? Well, it'll be a mixed program, but if the program, uh, just a, a scenario, if the women's program gathers momentum to the point where it's doing really well, which would be awesome, and then you've got the men's one and then, like, are you then... It almost seems like it's split into two genders. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happened. two different club cultures. That's not happened. Yeah. For us, it's not happened. We've had, we have, I mean, I have people, like I have women who train in a mixed class at the same time a ladies class is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've still got a women's class, but yeah, I'm just curious about the ramifications of, of it, but we're definitely going to do it. Like, I, no ifs, buts, or maybes. Like, we're really going to change now. After reading some of the comments in there, it, it hit home, and hopefully other gyms can read it and have a look at it. I don't know if I should, like, take snippets out of it or do something with it. We'll have a chat later about it. But it's a really, really good read. And as a male, it's an even better read for us to get a, an insight into what goes like what happens as a female, like in a fight sport, and they're all fighters, like most of them. There's a couple of members who are in there, but it's really cool. Yes. Uh, do you guys, um, with your class, with your classes that have like clinching and stuff in it, do do obviously the girls participate? They clinch with the guys. Yeah, yeah, always. But to be honest, when it comes to specific fight preparation and stuff like that we then tend to we'll break off into like weight division like kind of sizes and have yeah, like I mean, and most of the time it ends up with chicks clinching with chicks or smaller males as well and you call them chicks no um but i mean obviously yeah. we're talking about people who've gone past that, past that hes- hesitation barrier but in a like you have clinching and stuff in your regular classes too yeah. So those are the people who are most at risk of being put off by that. Like my daughter, my daughter included, man. She, yeah. she yesterday in a class and I could see she was uncomfortable. Yeah, like I just think, you know, like, and I don't know, do you guys for the general classes, do they clinch with their tops on or off? Uh general classes, nah, my, my, like we do, we don't have a tops on or off policy, but um that hasn't been a major issue from what I, I remember think. watching a gym's uh like a Victorian gym's video. Sorry? Would have been mine. I think he commented on mine once about no no but this was on. a Victorian one and it wasn't really a fight gym but they had a couple of guys who had like one pro fight each in it and it was these like six topless blokes and these four little <laughs> girls in the midst of the clinching and I'm like man like I don't know how comfortable someone would be especially like just getting the 
all like chest hair and sweat and all that sort of stuff. I'm just like thinking yeah. it out. It's like that yeah. that the stuff that they kind of go, you know, oh, I've got a neck thing. I don't think I want to clinch tonight. Yeah, it's a yeah. thing. My my, <clears throat> we only do like it's usually only ever fighters that are training that won't like if they choose not to wear a shirt, they often won't, but not for the general classes. Usually you have a rule on that. Hey, do you have a rule on it? Or do you just let it I think really it's a bit of an unspoken rule. Mm. Like for me, I think, I feel like that goes cold down there too. Like, I, don't, I mean, it is. Yeah. But it's hot in summer and there's, I, I, it's not, it's not necessarily spoken about, but in our general classes, no one, there's no one that's no guys that are like shirt off. Do you, um, the women have to keep clothes on. Well, I mean, a lot of the girls just train in sports bras. Sorry. A lot of them just train in sports bras. Can they wear, um, like, fuck, uh, hot pants? Like leggings? No, nah, like Georgia. short leggings. Oh, like booty shorts, like the real short, short one. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone does. I mean, fuck if they wanted to, like what? All so right. then why can't the male train without the shirt on? Hey, why can't the male train with his shirt off? Well, dudes can wear like short, short, short shorts. Would you let them wear dick, like budgie smugglers when they train? Budgie, man, I think budgie smugglers are a bit different. That's like that's like right. That's like right. I'm just again just playing I mean, Stop. So the Canelo Bivol fight is available under zone in Australia without the pay-per-view. You don't have to buy the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view only applies to Canada, the USA, Mexico, and Latin America. That's a saving of like 70 bucks, kids. Um, so one thing I also wanted to bring up. Thank you, Sai. That was Better great. Be, but let him get past Bivol first. Yeah, Mr. Patagonia. So the other thing that I wanted to bring up was I think there is there is a great opportunity for women in our sport to excel quicker than their female counterparts in other sports. So let's often take exactly the same, man. Often, often there is um, talk in things like the WNBA of um, like pay disparity, right? Like the leading female basketballer in America gets paid X amount of a percentage when compared to LeBron James. Fine. In Muay Thai, at least in my dealings, there is no pay disparity between men and women versus the number of fights. I don't know. Is this something that we want to go into this episode? I think that's something we should cover off in another one, but I disagree in some respects and agree in others. But I'll talk about the opportunities and a good example. And, I, man, I'm, I'm not hating on her, but I've had offers. We get offers for Yolanda to fight crazy fights. Ebony Bridges and some of these other girls, they've had, what, 10 fights? Fighting for world titles in Vegas and stuff like that. And Credit to them for taking them and winning them and they're getting them because that's the pool they're dealt with. But that's the other side of it as well, right? Like Muay Thai, I don't know, man. Like boxing is uh, is a world – it's still the sport of kings for me anyway as far as combat sports are concerned. And 
we, there's a demand for female fighters that can't be, it, it, it just can't be quenched. And we've got people like just jumping from fucking one fight amateur to straight to pro to state title to national title to now fighting internationally on the world stage with not even double figures or just on double figures. Muay Thai is a very, very small sport. Uh, our podcast, which aside, it's such a small sport. And like we, we will talk about the finances again another time. And I know people get scaring this. The base rate where you have a guaranteed minimum that you pay everyone, like boxing does boxings. I think professional boxing is $300 a round. And in Victoria, at least, where they have to get that base rate. We have a similar thing as promoters that we pay everyone, whether it's a boy or a girl. And then we have the ticket commission on top. But saying do guys at 10 fights and girls at 10 fights, do they all get paid the same? No, as never do two guys at 10 fights experience get paid the same. Pay beyond the initial base rate is based on A, if you've won 10 fights or you've lost 10 fights, surely there's a difference in your pay, but also your popularity and your trajectory in your career. Absolutely. Some girls are definitely get paid more than some guys. I've paid some girls more than I've paid some guys. I've paid some guys 20 times what I've paid some other dudes. You can't. The professional thing, that's not even the money. As a base rate, it should be done, but people shouldn't be reduced just because they're a female or a male either. 100%. Well, fuck, that was deep. I feel like that that's probably a comment. It's like a topic that I, I we didn't really scratch the this might need yeah. to be a part two. I, it, because in the end, man, the questions are why we've just got a smaller talent pool at the base level, because that's what we need to work with. I love grassroots stuff. Size come on board now and loving it now too. And I know you do, Kieran, and I feel like now is the time to really start to develop from the bottom up. Um, and we really need to take action on it. Otherwise, again, like you're going to be trying to flog a dead horse with promoters and stuff saying you need to put more women on when there's just no women thing. And unless gym owners take responsibility for that um, and the, and the, and everybody who's involved in like the actual community jump on board to try and help that at some some way or shape or form. You, you know, I had a, we had a girl that used to box with us and then she started doing Muay Thai with us and she was really good at it. And she came back to boxing straight away. And I was like, other than the fact that, you know, people like training with me, I'm like, what was it? And she goes, I just didn't want to have to show up with bruised legs to work every day. Mm. And it's like, some guys will get cut with an elbow and think it's great. I don't know how many people I know, girls who would be like, yeah, this is great. I've got a massive tight tattoo across my face. One thing that um, Andy, that was like, just quickly, was in your pot, like a, a number of girls commented on, which I think was really good and is so true, is having an environment where um, those female athletes feel comfortable to speak about things that are relevant only to female athletes. That was a good one. Such as a menstrual cycle and things Gabriel's like that. Gabriel's post was very good. And I think that's like super important is creating, that's one thing for me is like creating a culture where knowing that, that that your trainer understands that and similarly like you don't like you you feel comfortable if you have to to bring something up like that which i'm sure 
hundred percent is an issue in some in some gyms and some places, like a reluctance and just normal to 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 speak about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I I, I I relate that to a similar conversation I had last night, and I think Gabriel's post was really good about that. In that, um, it was so for me. I know when majority of our girls are going through that. Um, others, uh, I just know, like I'm holding pads for someone day in, day out, you know, when someone's not at their best. So I'm deliberately not going to push them through the threshold of what I know they're capable on that day. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to hold back and that's fine. But as a male, speaking of females, um, I probably just wouldn't bring it up because I'll just like, oh, whatever, like, it's that time of month. It's not a big deal for me. I'm just not going to pressure her, but some of them might want to talk about that too. So it, mm. I think that point was is really, really important, man. Mm. Yeah. But my kids... Uh, we're a very male-dominated sport. We're three dudes talking about it. We'll probably get a girl, one of the girls to jump on next time and have a chat about it. But there's one. Oh, Hi. there's a boy. There's a girl. Lana, how you doing? Hello. Oscar, how are you? Uh, <laughs> you look good with that haircut. Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, bye-bye. All right, hi, bye, Lana. Bye. Bye. Excellent. We're still recording. That's fine. Oh, Karen, sorry. Uh, just take this as your final written warning. Don't be late for these podcasts again, pal. We're running oh. a tight schedule. Fob it. <laughs>